0: Hi, and welcome to Noise Violation Podcast. Today, our guest is an executive career-changing coach for high-achieving professionals, ready to start a new path that fits who they are, Sumeya Eszak. Thank you, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Okay, so tell us about your background. How did you get started in a career-changing coach? Uh, did you go to college? Um, did you get a job out of college and then start this? Um, what was your path to where you are now?
1: Yeah, so it was, it was I would say, a, a winding path to get from the very beginning to where I am now, which I think is how life goes. You know, the, the best of plans often go awry. So it was a winding path. I didn't know what I wanted to do after college. Um,
0: like and- many of us. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I was, I completely drew a blank and that started, I would say a long journey of just feeling completely stuck and having no idea really what I wanted to do. Um, so I was living at home for a while, way back when, working at a cafe, trying to figure things out. And-
0: So did you graduate from college? Did What was your- I did, career?
1: yeah, uh, yeah. Did you- so I studied uh, communications and international studies. Okay. So after eventually, after a period of time of feeling stuck, I finally decided, all right, I think this is the direction I wanted to go in. I wanted to work in a university setting, and I ended up moving to Boston because there's a lot of universities there. And I did not end up getting a job in higher ed, but I got a different job as a paralegal, and that was my way of moving to Boston and starting this whole new chapter. So that was my first, let's say real job or like adult job after right. college. And in a way it looks like a step in the right direction in terms of certain things I wanted to do at the time, but it was, you know, not the right fit for me. I wasn't planning a law school or anything like that, but it was sort of like my way of getting started. And I was thinking about how I could take that in a new direction at the time. I so knew how long, I didn't how long were you
0: there? <laughs>
1: how long were so, you,
0: get that job before you- Uh, I guess, realized it wasn't for you, and then um, was curate the future your next step?
1: No, it was not. So I was at the job for two years in total, but I knew pretty early on that it was just not the right fit for me. I mean, there were great things about it, but it was just not the right fit. And that's when I started getting serious about, okay, what's next? And so long story short, I ended up going to graduate school, and I did a dual degree MBA and MSW. And I had plans at the time to take that degree combination in a couple of different ways. I was thinking about social impact, doing nonprofit management, that type of thing. And I was also thinking about like workplace psychology and human resources, and basically the people side of business. And so I ended up going in that direction. So after graduate school, I landed in HR and, Um, I was much happier at that point. It was a much better fit in terms of the field, the organization, everything. And um, so I had a couple of different jobs in that space and it was great. And at that point I was like, okay, I think I have figured out something that feels like a much better fit for me. And it was along that way, sort of while I was working in those jobs that I was getting clear on, all right, I think I wanna do my own thing on the side. And I really enjoy coaching. It's related to the things that I've studied. And at that point, I had both, let's say, personal and professional experience finding my own way to what Mm -hmm. it is that I wanted to do, and also the professional experience with HR, in terms of getting the right people into the the right roles, thinking about the psychology of what makes somebody a good fit for something, and things like that. So that seemed like a good fit for me, kind of combining my personal experience and my professional experience. And I thought, all right, I can help people find their own way now that I've been through it and kind of come out the other side. And I can look at it from a personal perspective and also the employer's perspective. And so I started getting things going on the side while I was working full time.
0: And was it, um, was it your idea? Did you have friends that were nudging you or asking you for advice? So then you're like, hey, I could start a business out of this because they keep asking me, um i guess where did the idea come from that uh you wanted to do your own thing and what that own thing was going to be
1: well i knew i always wanted to have my own thing so i was always thinking along the way while i was in grad school and working like all right what would my own thing be and this wasn't a light bulb moment i didn't really have friends exactly saying this is what you should do it was sort of a let's say like a slow dawn In my own experience of how all these different things in my own background could come together in a way that i think could support other people and i was like all right i think i just have the credentials and the experience to help other people so i started testing it out really and just working with some people on a free basis or kind of a casual basis to just see can i help people do i enjoy this so i just took some early steps without taking it too seriously in the beginning just getting some early experience to see what happened and I found I really enjoyed it and I was able to help people. So that's when I started thinking, all right, I think I can make this into an actual side gig. And, and then we'll start from there and we'll see at what point it can grow and become something full time and whatnot. But it was like a slow dawn. I I realized I had a passion for these big questions, like, what do we want to do with our lives? And how do you know if something is a good fit? And how do you decide? And so there was that passion for it as well. And I know that it's really hard for people to figure out what they want to do and and they need help because so many people are ending up in jobs and careers that they don't like. It's it's a really big problem, but they don't know what to do. So that's kind of how it all came about.
0: Yeah. And so one of the things you do is help people gain clarity. And, um, you know, for you and for me, it's been kind of a process to really figure out what, what I want to do and um, even what I'm good at or what I can help people with. Um, So how do you teach people to really gain clarity and solidify what, what they want to do?
1: Yeah. So there's no magic bullet, right? I, I wish that there were, but I would say that at the, the heart of my approach is design thinking, which is just a framework for creative problem solving. And The types of questions people are wrestling with are ones that don't have a a right answer, so to speak. If the answer is gonna be whatever it is you decide it's gonna be. And so I I use this process to help people first get just really clear on who they are. So I think one mistake people make when they're trying to think about what they wanna do is they go straight to, let's say, looking through job listings online and hoping something's gonna pop out at them and say, oh, this is the one, right? Or or this is it. (laughs) Like a job title is just just gonna jump out of the page and you'll have that moment. And and that's really putting the cart before the horse. And so what I teach people to do is to first, like, let's take a step way back and get really clear on who you are as a person. And, you know, people come to the table with different levels of self-awareness, let's say, or self-knowledge. But you want to know things like, what am I really good at? Especially things that come naturally to you. Not only things that you've worked really hard to learn, but the things that come Naturally to you and they feel easy to you, which means you might not notice them You don't even realize that it's a talent because you just do it. So naturally, but it is not a strength that everybody has So realizing what you're good at realizing especially like what motivates you and what drives you and getting clear on What drives you personally versus what are the things we've been told should drive us, you know money titles The toys, all of those things. And instead getting really clear on, you know, what motivates you as a person, what gets you excited, what gets you energized. So it's a lot of different, let's say, tools and questions and exercises to just kind of look under the surface a little bit and get clear on like, what makes you, you? What is your unique combination of your strengths, your interests, your motivations? And, And also taking a look, honestly, at some more concrete things like what do you really have to have in a job or a career? Like what are your must haves or the things you're going to avoid thinking practically about, you know, your salary or lifestyle or anything like that, making sure we're getting really concrete about, you know, what are you willing to do or what are you not willing to do? And so just getting clear first on like, what is this unique combination of you? That's really the first thing to do before we even think about what are the options or the titles or the grad school programs or the business ideas whatever it's really starting with that self knowledge and then from there it is going into brainstorming mode and helping people come up with as many ideas as possible so i think there's a big difference in the experience for folks who let's say have too many ideas and they're having a hard time choosing versus folks who feel like they've got zero ideas and they just they're drawing a total blank And so that can feel like a bit of a different experience. But either way, you want to come up with all of your ideas and then find ways to what I call prototype them from a design thinking framework. So this is just finding ways to get information about them or get as close to these ideas as you can before you actually commit to them. So before you commit to graduate school or diving into the job and going straight into it, seeing how you can get as much information as possible up front for you to gauge if it's going to be a good fit for you. And for most people, honestly, that looks like a combination of just looking at stuff online because all the information you need is on the internet, most likely. And also just talking to people, people who are in the field or can give you different insights. And there's other things you can do too. Sometimes it's a matter of, Um, taking on a different kind of project at work if you can, or doing a side project on your own time, or volunteering, or, you know, there's different ways that you can kind of try things out before you commit to them. That's the big idea. And it's through taking that real world action that you can end up making a confident decision because you've done the legwork instead of it just being a decision based on assumptions in your head. That's really the key. Like you've got to push people into the real world to make those decisions based on actual information instead of just those assumptions. Um, so it's, it's that type of a process. And then a lot of it honestly is just helping people through the uncertainty that we all face. So I, I think that there's a lot of um, perfectionism out there and fear that makes us say, okay, I've got to make the right decision or else, or I don't want to make any decision until I've got all the information. And it's a lot of teaching people to get comfortable with the fact that you're never going to have all the information. You're never going to have a crystal ball. And so to that end, it's, it's kind of a paradigm shift going from feeling like you have to find your perfect path or find your purpose, find your calling. You know, it's a phrase that we use a lot. And instead teaching them to what I call create the path, meaning you're just gonna take the next step and whatever happens, you're going to make the best of it or you'll leverage it in a new direction. And um, if you've heard that quote from Steve Jobs before that, you you can't connect the dots looking forward, you can only connect them looking backwards. And that's really the idea. Like you can't plan the next 50 years, you just can't. You can think a couple years ahead and that's really it. So you just plan your next couple moves, you make your next couple moves, and you trust that you're going to do pivot course as you go. And then when you look back one day, you'll realize that it all made sense. But that's, I would say, the big paradigm shift for people. Forget about trying to find the perfect thing and instead trusting that like, you can make a decent enough decision with the information you have about yourself and about the world and trusting that you're just gonna make it work as you go.
0: Yeah, and where did you learn this type of methods and thinking because i go back to school and it's like i was never taught to think like this or the questions that um you know career coaches or personal development that teaches people unless you're really going out on the internet and seeking those kinds of people or um it's like school didn't teach us any of this and so is there a certain book or mentors that you had that helped you along your way?
1: Uh, No personal mentors, really, in terms of people I directly worked with, but a lot of it came from studying psychology and learning about things like how people get paralyzed from making a decision when we feel we've got too many choices in front of us, or things like how people actually tend to be happy with the decision that they've made once they've made the decision. Like the psychology research shows us that we tend to be happy with our decisions once we've made them because we just kind of, it's a way of like rationalizing whatever choice that you've made. So once you make the decision, you're actually going to be okay. So I think it just came from doing a a whole lot of reading, a lot of it being on psychology, like having a growth mindset and learning that you can learn whatever it is you need to learn to do whatever you want to do. You, you can't expect yourself to know everything from the get-go, um, and is there
0: certain books that you would read above others, like you said, yeah, uh,
1: definitely growth a
0: mindset. So it's like Carol Dweck. Um, yeah,
1: that's a great one to to introduce the idea. Um, another great one is Grit by Angela Duckworth, and she talks about you know basically the idea of grit and persistence and what it takes to stay the course to fulfill your goals or become really good at something. But she also, I think what's interesting, talks about how the the passion that we all seek often comes over time. It's not like a light bulb moment or this thing that just comes out of nowhere. It comes through just investing in your effort and your skills over time. And so that's another concept where it's like, instead of Like I kind of connect the dots. And instead of helping people have this light bulb moment where they're going to just know that this is what it is that they're going to do, teaching them that a lot of this is going to come over time as they invest in their own interests and skills. So that's another great book. And I've really just pieced it all together in terms of like, how do we just go about life and Mm -hmm. figure things out? So that's another good one. Another one is um, one that I really enjoyed was so good. They can't ignore you. By Cal Newport and this is a good one because he's all about like not following your passion so we're told to follow our passion right and he's saying kind of similar to Angela Duckworth he's saying that you should follow what you're good at and follow your skills and your passion is again probably going to grow over time through what you're good at and investing in it's not only about what you love as being your sense of passion it's going to come from developing your skills over time. So that's, that's another really good one. Um,
0: Yeah. And that kind of goes, again, it goes on a question that I had that, you know, the quote, it's not what you do, but how you do it is. So I think it's like, you might not like what you do, but is it just you or is it what you're doing? So is there a differentiation between, you know, hey, you can learn to love what you're doing, rather as, hey, I hate this, and I need to go find something else. Um, Does that make sense? Is there a, I guess, how do you know if it's just the person that needs to change their mindset about what they're doing, versus it's the job, and they need to find, find a new one to make them happy?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think there's a couple different ways that you can look at it. So there's who you are as a person. There's what you're doing, you know, the activities of the job itself. And then there's the how of how you do things, which I'm sorry. I didn't realize that was me. Um, yeah, no problem. Let me, this is on mute. This might be the thing that you have to edit out. I'm sorry. <laughs> hopefully that works. We'll see. Um, So the one that gets overlooked oftentimes is the how of how do you do things? And that's where it gets into like your own work style or just how do you kind of go about the world and do things. And that's the part that often aligns with organizational culture. How does this organization like to do things? And does that align with how you like to do things? So I think folks have to just really do some introspection and a little bit of thinking and going deep and analyzing like, all right, do I really dislike what it is that I'm doing? Do I hate this activity that's in front of me? Or is it that you know, what I'm doing is not so bad, but maybe this organization is not the right fit and I need to find you know, a new job within the same field where things are a little bit different in terms of let's say the culture. And you can ask yourself, like, if I had the same job in a different type of culture that was different in these ways, do I think I would be happy? And if the answer is no, that probably points to the fact that you might not be in the right type of job at all. If you were like, you know, I'd be happy doing this. I just wish I could be doing it in a different type of environment. Then it might just be, you know, where you're currently employed at this time. And you need to just go find a new job doing the same thing in a different place. So it's like separating out what am I doing and what is my work style and what do I enjoy doing, right? Like, am I enjoying the tasks that are right in front of me versus the environment in which you're doing it?
0: Right. So it's a, it's knowing yourself and what really and dissecting really what you don't like about it. So is it the culture? Is it the activity? Is it like what really is it that you know, turns me off about this job.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you've got to spend a little bit of time diving into it, breaking it down, um, getting under the hood a little bit and really looking at, okay, these are the things I enjoy. This is what I don't enjoy and looking for the themes and the patterns and, and looking at, you know, okay, I really enjoy working with people or I don't or I really enjoy working with teams or working by myself or, you know, questions like that about the kind of work that you're doing and how you're doing it as well. So those are the types of questions that I think help people pinpoint when something is a good fit or not. Because I've seen people be you know really, let's say, unhappy with the job that they're doing, but they're happy overall because they really like the company culture. That's a good fit for them. And I've seen the opposite. I've seen people say, I enjoy what I do on a day-to-day basis, but this company culture, is not a fit for me at all and so it's like what you're doing and how you're doing it are two different things and they can both impact so you know if you're really happy with the company culture there's a chance that you could be happy in a job that is not a great fit for you just because everything else is kind of making up for it and then when neither of those things are aligning you don't like what you're doing and you don't like the company culture then there's like a lot i would say to look at there to see what do i need right what do i wish i were doing differently what's missing Or what do I wish was different about this environment that I'm in?
0: Yeah, because I think a lot of people know what they don't like. Mm -hmm. So they're like, you know, I hate this job. I don't want to be here. But they don't know what they want. And so um, when I went down that path of, okay, well, what do I really want? It was hard for me to be almost vulnerable to say this is what I really want and then write that down and, be like well this is never going to happen it's just like am i just writing this down to you know get my hopes up or something and so it's almost like uh how do you get the get people to gain that courage to actually believe that you know um no you can can do it if you just uh get clear on what you want and put your mind to it and and put in the work um Is there something that you teach people in that phase?
1: Yeah, I think it comes down to a couple different things. So I find that when folks really don't know what they want, there's, let's say, a few different things that could be going on. One is they literally don't have enough information about things in order to make a choice, which means they just need to go out and do a little bit of research and find out more about the different things that they're considering. So it could be an information problem or oftentimes i find people really do know deep down what they want but like you said they're scared to admit it and that could be for a number of different reasons because let's say once you admit what you want now you've got to face any blocks that are keeping you from going for it that's scary right as long as you're in as long as you're ignorant about what you want you don't have to face the risks you gotta to take to go for it and that potential disappointment or that potential hard work. So in a way saying, I don't know what I want is kind of a way of like protecting yourself and letting mm. yourself off the hook. Cause once you know what you want, now you've got to face the music and say, all right, am I gonna do what it takes to go for it or not? And that opens up like a whole other host of, you know, mental challenges <laughs> and making yourself go for it. So there's there's that piece of it, I think. Um, and if, you, if all you know is what you don't want, that's a fine place to start. You could, for example, just look at everything that you don't want and flip it to its opposite. So what would the opposite of these things that I know I don't want be? And that could maybe be a way to start pointing you in the direction of what it is that you do want. So just play mm-hmm. the opposite game. Take everything you know you don't want and flip it on its head and see what does that tell you about what you do want. And... You, know, you can only ever start with what it is that you know. So if all you know is what you don't want, that's your starting point and that's okay. It might mean that you need to do more research, it might mean you need to do more soul searching versus the folks who are saying, I want all of these different things and they're having a hard time choosing. So mm-hmm. it's just a kind of a, a different, let's say stage of the experience where you're going from I have no idea to okay, now I have all these ideas, how do I choose?
0: Right. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Is like on the flip side is the pe- people who know that they don't want. And then there's also the people who are like, you know, I, I want all these things. It's like once you get started brainstorming and then it just feels like it opens up this uh, like a fire hydrant and it just starts spitting out everything that you do want. And so to, I guess, eliminate or gain clarity on Prioritizing, or um, I guess, how do you how do you tell people uh, how to gain clarity on? You know, I may be good at a bunch of these things, or I'm I'm good at a lot of things, but I'm not great at anything. Um, we how did those people move forward?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot to say about that. A couple of things would be, you know, coming coming back to your life circumstances right now, and what are you willing and able to do? So a lot of things that might be on the table for you are options, but are they all options right now? Maybe some of these things will be a better fit you know, at a later stage in life. So it's kind of looking at where are you at right now and what aligns with your your circumstances right now. So you could look at it that way, kind of through the lens of the, the practical piece. Um, it could also be
0: right. You could kind of like write it down and then tuck it away saying, all right, maybe I'll pull this out later at another time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, let's say you want to, I don't know, start a, a bakery, a cafe, a bar or something like that. It's like, all right, are you going to start working on that tomorrow? Or, you know, do your life circumstances tell you that's just not the right thing right now? And maybe that's a dream later for life. And that's OK. So it's partly accepting that like you're not going to be able to do everything right now. You can do a lot of different things in your life, but it's not all going to happen in the next five minutes. So it's it's kind of reminding yourself that you don't have to do it all right now. There's different times and chapters in life where you can set things aside and come back to it later. and um, and, and also getting clear on like, what are you willing to invest in? So if you're feeling like you're good at some things, but not great, at any one thing in particular. Say like, okay, what feels good? What feels natural? What feels kind of like just warmer versus colder, right? Just follow the breadcrumbs and say, okay, this idea keeps coming back to me or this is just in the back of my head as something that feels good and explore that a little bit more and ask yourself what would it look like to invest in that? And and where could that potentially take me? And am I excited about that? Like, am I willing to do that? It's, it's sort of just mapping out all of the options and then looking at them through these different questions. What are you willing to do? What's exciting to you? And looking at them from these different angles and you'll see honestly pretty quickly, you can cross a lot of things off the list. As soon as you start thinking about them very concretely and taking a look at, all right, this is what this path would actually look like. Am I ready to commit to that? You'll say, nope, this is just not the right thing right now. So once you start looking at it, you're going to rule things in and you're going to rule things out more quickly than you thought, because a lot of the problem is that these are kind of vague ideas just bouncing around in the back of our minds. But once you shine a light on them, then you'll be able to say, oh, okay, these are really more feasible or more interesting. These, you know, no, just actually not the right fit. And and you can take a look at all your ideas and see, again, like, what are the themes? What are the patterns? because you, you wanna ultimately make a choice that aligns with who you are. And so it's not always about, um, how can I say this? Like your, your purpose or whatever you wanna call it is not necessarily your job title. There's a lot of different ways that you can take what you love and what you're good at and find different ways to bring them into the world. So the more clear you are on like who you are, again, as a person, right? What you love, what you're good at, what you value, all of those things, the easier it'll be to recognize something as being a good fit for you or not
0: yeah that's great and when people don't have meaning in their job saying they don't like their job because they don't uh, they don't get the reward from it um, what are some of the things that people are looking for um, when they're searching for meaning um, have you seen any trends like you know the, that this provides meaning or this category, if it's, I mean, money or social equity kind of, what, what do you see? Yeah. Meaning.
1: Yeah. So what I see from the people I work with is that when they're talking about meaning, they're really talking about having some kind of impact that they feel good about and one that they can see. So a lot of us, or a lot of people are in these jobs where you just can't see the result of what you're doing and it doesn't seem to be making a difference to anybody as far as you can tell. And you might be still you know, an important part of the overall mission in your own way, but people I think have a need to see the results of their work. And I think we as humans being social beings have a need to also make an impact on other people. That's, I think, just a human drive, right? We, we want to be connected to other people. So that's what I see a lot. It's wanting to make an impact on other people or wanting to make an impact with something that's greater than them, right? Something bigger than who they are. They wanna to contribute to something that's like a bigger cause in their own way or they want to just feel like what they do matters to somebody. And, and that can look, you know, that can come in different forms for different people, but that's what I would say they have in common. Like, does what I do matter to anybody? Is anybody being impacted by this in a positive way? So that's, that's mm-hmm. I think, what I see most often.
0: And for people that um, have big dreams, but are unrealistic, you know? Uh, it's like, everyone wants to be the movie star, everyone wants to be the rock star traveling around the world, and so they write that down, but it's, if it's not realistic, maybe to manage their expectations to say, well, all right, we'll get in a movie first. And that, that's the goal, it's not being a rock star. Uh, I guess, is there a certain, what do you say to those people uh, that have those giant dreams?
1: Yeah two things. So I love sky high dreams. I support it. I never, you know, rain on anybody's dreams, but I also tell them you've got to balance that with down to earth plans. So if you want to write a book or whatever, you know, step one is not publish the book. Step one is like sit down for 15 minutes every day and start writing the damn thing. So you've got to take that big goal and really break it down into, all right, what is that path going to look like? What do I need to start doing? Today, next week, next month, and start doing it, right? Breaking it down into the small actions. If that's what you really want to do, you've got to break it down into what does that mean I need to physically do on a day to day basis and start doing that. So you've got to bring it way back down to earth and focus on, like, all right, what would be step number one? What's the next thing in front of me I would do to start working towards this? And then start doing it, right? If that's what you want, that's how you have to start looking at the actions. So that's one thing I would say, break it down into down-to-earth plans. The second thing I would say is really take a look at why you want that goal and what is it about it that is driving you or meaningful to you. So for example, if you want to, just using your example, if you want to be a rock star or whatever, Is it that you've got this drive to create things and bring them out to the world or is it that you want the validation? So if you take a look at why you want what you want, like look under the surface and say, okay, why am I drawn to this thing? And it's gotta be something that you feel really truly drives you and, and is very personal too, right? Like if you want it to be just about the validation, if that's what you want, like you're probably not gonna stay the course very long. That's a different kind of motivation versus, okay, I just, I really love, you know, music and I wanna bring this out into the world. That's a very different kind of motivation. And the person who has that kind of motivation may not become a rock star, but they could certainly find ways to bring their creative work into the, into the world. And they've got to ask themselves, like, would I be happy doing that work if I didn't get that ultimate recognition? If you're Mm -hmm. like, no, you know, I probably wouldn't. I just want to be famous. I want people to tell me I'm great. That's pointing to a need for validation. Right. But if you're like, I don't really care if I get famous or win this award. I just want to do this kind of work and put it out into the world. That's a, I would say, more genuine type of motivation. So take a look at those big goals. They're not bad but ask yourself like, why do I really want this? And would I be happy doing that work if I didn't get that ultimate outcome?
0: Yeah, and looking at your website and it appears you work more with women than men. Do you work with many men at all?
1: Women tend to come to me and that's partly by design, but I have worked with men as well. So it's not like, no, I don't work with men. Um, Yeah, so- just tend to attract women, let's say.
0: And have you noticed any differences between men and women as you're going through the same process? I don't know whether it's the goals they set or the way they think or. um,
1: Um, I, you know, I I don't want to generalize, but just from my experience, what I've seen is that women maybe find it easier to, be very self-aware and self-reflective and go through that personal journey or that personal growth journey that comes along with this. Whereas men tend to be a little bit more results oriented and, you know, no, I don't, I don't think I have any fears that I really need to work through. Like, I just want to go get this goal. But again, that's in my experience with the folks that I've worked with. That doesn't mean that it doesn't go in both directions. So that's that's one thing maybe that i've seen um kind of who's open to really the personal growth journey that comes along with this
0: yeah and then i see you know the covid thing as kind of like a blessing and a curse cuz it you know these people are um losing their jobs if they're in retail or waitresses or bartenders and So a lot of people are lost right now and they don't have any income and they don't know what to do. Um, what would be some of the first things that you, you would tell somebody that, um, you know, may have just lost their job, uh, and is, is trying to find, find their path. Uh, what do how do you, what would be the first thing that somebody like that would do?
1: Well, the first thing I would say to people is, first of all, be really kind to yourself and have a lot of self-compassion because if you're in a very tight spot with everything going on, you're dealing with a lot, right? And and you don't have to expect yourself to figure it all out in the next five minutes. And it's okay if you're finding things really hard to figure out right now. I think we we often expect ourselves to just, you know, pull up by our bootstraps and figure it out and get back to work and make it happen, but we don't always have the compassion for ourselves that we should have, I think, when we're going through something really tough. So there's that piece of it. Be very kind to yourself while you're trying to figure things out in unusually tough circumstances. Um, the second thing I would say is, you know, take a look at your circumstances and, and prioritize, do you need to just get back on your feet right now before you dive into a journey of figuring out what you want to do? Or do you feel like you've got the bandwidth to do both at the same time? Like, let me go get a job. I just need to, you know, get a paycheck coming in. But I'm still committed to figuring things out on the side. Like, think about how you want to approach this journey and have a little bit of a plan for how you're going to figure out both both things at once, right? Because it might be that you've got a short-term goal you need to meet where like, look, I just need a paycheck. That, that's priority number one. And I also want to figure things out and just say, you know, what I do next might not be my ultimate dream, but I need to just figure it out. So coming to it with a little bit of a a plan in terms of how you're gonna prioritize your efforts and how you're gonna think about things really just comes down to, I would say, personal preference. Do you feel like you can do both at once? Kind of think about the long-term and soul search and also deal with the immediate, or do you feel like you need to just do one and then do the other? So have a plan and also, to the extent that you can like use this time to hit the reset button. And even if you need to just go get a paycheck, at the very least, I think this can be a wake up call for people and say, okay, life is short and things change on a dime. And I really wanna use this time to think about what it is that I wanna do. And, And I think we can always do that even when circumstances are tough or you've got these other priorities you need to focus on. We can all always find at least a little bit of time each day to reflect and think about the things that we're talking about here. And so find ways to move forward on that more soul searching or pathfinding journey, however you can, even while you're just dealing with, you know, life and logistics and things like that.
0: And for the people who have jobs and then, you know, you're helping them curate the future and come up with a new career path how do you tell people when when's the right time to to jump into that new career path to, you know, ditch the old one and, you know, just focus on the, the new one.
1: Do you mean in terms of like leaving a job and going to do something new or do you mean in terms of figuring it out?
0: Um, I guess having the, leaving the job for, for a new job um, if they want to, If they're not happy with their current job, but it's secure and stable, but they want to pursue this other career that's more creative and probably less stable and um, it's not making any money currently. And so I guess they're just starting out over here and they're already established over here. So when's that proper time to, to make that jump?
1: Yeah, so that's going to depend on, you know, what's your own personal risk tolerance level, right? That's something that only you can decide, like how how willing are you to just wing it and see what happens and not have much of a backup plan or not have much of a financial cushion. It's like your own risk tolerance. That being said, I'm a pretty practical person and I usually encourage people to be really well thought out in terms of their finances, right? Thinking about, um, How much savings do you have in the bank? How long could you go comfortably without panicking, without making an income from your new thing, or looking at the income you are starting to make and think about when do you think that would support you financially? And getting really clear on your numbers. You know, you might not have to replace your current salary in order to be living off of your new thing, but you do need the basis covered, right? So getting very clear on like, what is the minimum I need to have coming in from somewhere in order to live. So I think it's just getting really clear on your numbers, doing the math, planning it out, and then at the same time, thinking about your own risk tolerance. Are you comfortable with three months in the bank? Do you need six months? Do you need 12 months in the bank? That's gonna be your own personal preference. But also assume that it's going to take longer than you want it to, because most things do. Right, plan, I would say conservatively, but that's my preference, plan conservatively and at the same time, when you're, when you're building something on the side or you're trying to figure out what's next, I think the time to at least start thinking about that is always now, right? So you might be in the honeymoon stages of your, your new job and you're good, you're not thinking about what's next, but pretty soon after, like as soon as you start to feel, hmm, I don't know if this is quite it, or I don't know if I really see myself doing this long term, that's the time to start thinking about it and getting your ducks in a row. Because I find that if people wait too long and they're desperate to get out of where they are, then they're probably just gonna leap out of desperation into another job that's not a great fit. And it doesn't really solve the problem, but they were just desperate to get out. So if you're still kinda happy where you are, you could see yourself trucking along for a while, that's a great time to start planning because you're not desperate yet, you've got some time, but you also see that oh, thinking ahead, I think I should really start planning for what's next because it's not this
0: yeah that's great advice and just a couple more questions mm-hmm. time and appreciate you uh joining us um is there something different about people who start their own company versus people who like working as a job or on a corporation do you ever guide people based on their personalities, that saying, hey, you might wanna try to work for this corporation. I mean, you're probably not a fit to start your own company. Um, I guess, have you ever seen that in people?
1: uh, Well, I I don't like to tell people what they should or shouldn't do. I I think it's up to them to make the call and you know, I'm, I'm not an all-knowing being, right? I don't want to make the call for other people's lives, but I want to encourage them as much as I can. So if there's someone who really wants to start their own business, even if I am not quite sure that, you know, they're really going to go for it, I want people to at least go for what they want and have the experience of it, right? And they might decide later on, oh, this wasn't really a fit or what. But I would say, go do whatever it is that you want to do. And I'll guide them through that journey, and they will see, they will figure out for themselves what they are best cut out for. But you're probably not going to know until you do it. So if somebody wants to start a business, I think it's awesome, right? I love, I love those folks. I think it's a great goal. I think it's worth trying, regardless of what happens. That's the only way you're going to know. Um, and and people can grow into things, and they could surprise me. They could surprise themselves. It's really all about, you know, them knowing who they are and knowing what they want and being ready to kind of grow and step up in a new way. So if you really want a business, you can do it. It's just going to you know, challenge you in ways that you might not expect right now. And, you know, it's all about, I would say what you're willing to do, right? How badly do you want it with any goal? How badly do you want it? That's not for me to decide. It's up for you to decide how badly do you want it? And are you willing to do what it takes
0: yeah that's great advice. Um, you know it's up to it's up to them whether they can do it or not.
1: Exactly. it's not for me to decide. and the thing is, I think more people can do it than they realize. They just tend to give up too early they 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 give up when it gets hard. That's the catch. So you've got to be willing to persist. you've got to. Expect that things will get hard and not be surprised by that. Just expect it as part of the journey and and keep going. Because um, lots of people can do it. It's just about do they want it badly enough to do what it takes.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah. So I just want to thank you and acknowledge you for everything that you're doing and helping people gain clarity when um, there's a lot of confusion and in this world about what's going on. Uh, so I appreciate everything that you're doing and the, the time that you spent here sharing uh, all the hard work and knowledge that you've. it's taken you to get to where you are today. Um, it's really inspirational. Um, just one, one or two more questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess what's bringing positivity and light into your life during this time?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it is just having faith in the future, right? And knowing that I'm a very future oriented person as you can probably tell from the company name. Um, But I think it's just enjoying this time however we can, reconnecting with people, getting back on the phone the old fashioned way. Um, relaxing, you know, it's a lot of downtime, I think, which is what a lot of us have needed for a long time. And this is forcing us to finally relax. So I think it's just taking this time for what it is and finding as much time to relax as possible while having faith that, you know, things are going to work out in the future, even if we don't know what that's going to look like.
0: That's awesome. And where can people find you, Sumea, online?
1: Www.curatethefuture.com.
0: Go check it out, people.